Hello, you are listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I am Catherine Dunn, a face girl of Art Star Scene Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, where I will be psychoanalyzed by Dr. Lisa. Are you there Hi. yet? Hi. Hi. Oh, it worked. Yes. Perfect. Um, Catherine, I'm so excited that we're doing this. Um, it's really, really funny because I'm actually at an art fair right now, and um, people will be wondering in why I'm talking to you. I have a therapist's office set up on the 22nd floor of number four times square, the old uh, Vanity Fair offices, and I'm looking out the window at a beautiful view. So I may be interrupted by people coming in during our session. It's almost like you're live. For their own sessions? No, but um, it's a, I'm in the middle. I'm actually, this is actually currently a performance at an art fair. Do you hear stuff in the background? Yes. So what I've been doing here all week and we'll be doing here at Spring Break Art Fair till through Monday is I have a therapist office set up here and um, people are coming in, just visitors to the fair, and they are lying down on this couch. I have the photo of it on my Facebook page. You can see what the setup looks like. I did see. There's a lot of windows. And it looks I'm pretty. I'm just doing therapy and people walking in and out, but I wanted to have a chance to do it with you on the radio today. So, um, cause, okay, so let's focus. I feel like I... Um, so I've been on your show. Did you get to talk? Do we do we get to like do the um, do we get to talk fully about Art Star Steam Radio, which is a really popular show here and really wonderful? Did we? I mean, I sp- I spoke about. It. I said that I'm on it. Uh, Faceboy is actually listening right now, hoping that I messed some tech up. So we're a very strong team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. Hi, Face. Shout out to Faceboy. <laughs> um. So anyway, um, so here's the thing. So so our listeners know, like, so I've been on your show. We have seen each other socially, right? But mm-hmm. we don't really, I mean, we haven't really, like, hung out, like, and had any real kind of um, real conversation, right? Yeah, you definitely don't have any insider secret information. Uh, anything no. that you come up with oh, will be <laughs> the magic of you. Why we're doing this, in the reception area, people visitors to the art fair are listening to it on a loudspeaker so this is being broadcast so i hope you're okay with that yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i never Um, want to be heard (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i just you know because i know i know how litigious uh you and art star scene radio is Yeah. Or maybe you guys have probably been the subject of a few lawsuits yourself, or should be if you should have be, it. should be. We have it not yet. Be, but the problem is your audience is way too poor to hire any lawyer, right? <laughs> I think the the people with all the money are just not listening. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Peter not. Popoff, definitely shout out to not. you, you you scoundrel. Um, so I'm gonna. Normally, I would do more research but on you, but I'm just going to treat you the way I've been treating everybody here that comes in cold that I have no idea about. So I'm going to just ask you the very, very basic question. The one thing I did notice about you, though, is that you studied psychology in college, right? Am I right about that? Correct, yes. So what's your background as far as psychology goes? Like why did I get into it? 
Or were you interested in being a shrink? Or do you know a lot of, I mean, do you, do you, do you know how the bake, do you know how the, what do they call it, how the donuts are made? Or how much do you, how much do you know? You probably have more, you see, what's ironic is you have probably have more formal training than I do. Potentially. You should be doing it. <laughs> Potentially, maybe I'll maybe I'll just set up a an, an a, a similar art uh, installation. Yeah, bring your, yeah, we'll just get a couch and come over here. Exactly. We can do it. We can double team pa- patients. patients. There's no money in it, of course. But well, that's so what I hear about healthcare. As far as psychology goes, um, so basically, I've always been a creative, and then one day I was giving advice on the beach in Mykonos to my mother's friends as a, like a young not child, but like a teen, and uh, it was pretty good, like I was really good at analyzing dreams. Um, So then my mother cautioned me that when she was younger, her father said that she should go into law, and that she never did it, and that that was a huge failure. And then she said that, you know, in the same breath, that I needed to go into psychology because it would be a huge failure to like squander that gift. Um, So I did. you're very intuitive, obviously. Maybe apparently, I mean, some people yeah. say that I'm psychic. I don't know. I think people are pretty oh, oh, obvious. Yeah. Which, you know, those <laughs> things are all. There's a fine line between all of that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if it's intuitive or I can just figure people out or people are like more similar than they realize or want to believe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm able to like kind of figure people out. And uh, I went to school. Right. I got a degree in it, and then it was time for the GRE. And I wanted to go to specifically John Jay straight to PhD in forensic psychology. Do not pass go. Wow, do not get a master's. Wow, that's so cool. And so what happened? Um, I started working in film just as an extra or background actor or artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told mm-hmm. myself if I was eligible or if I made eligibility for the union, I would stick with this thing that I've always wanted to do since before I was even potty trained. Which is why I wasn't a child actor, because they brought me in too young, apparently, and they wanted me not in diapers. I don't know. It was a whole You were a child actor? No, I was not a child actor. Uh, The reason I was not a child actor... What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, my my family wanted me to be a child actor. Oh. So they brought me in, but because I wasn't potty trained yet, I don't really... Oh, no, I'm Some some sort of their version of it. I'm not really sure. But something Uh having to do with being potty trained, which I don't get (laughs) at all. But... um, you can't have a good career if you're not body trained. Really? So. R. Kelly. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> so a, it's definitely going to hold you back. I think a lot of people <laughs> aren't body trained that are famous, but that's a kink. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I started doing background, and then I made eligibility uh, for the union, and I stuck with it. And I should have gotten a PhD in forensic psychology. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so you wish you had had. That would be so exciting. What is that like? Solving crimes. You would be great on this. We, you know, what we need you for. We need you. What's going on with, uh, you know, Trump and Sessions and all those people now? You could be figuring this out. I don't. <laughs> so <a> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but maybe. I have. So you. Um, okay. So let's just do this way that I'm doing here. So, where are you from? Oh, wait. Did someone just walk in? Or did I lose you? I guess I'll just talk about forensic psychology. Are you there? 
So um, forensic psychology isn't really solving crime so much as like helping with like jury selection and how to maybe dress a lawyer or client to get um, sympathy from the jury. Hello. Oh, there you are. Catherine. <laughs> hey, we had a technical glitch there because um, the phone on got a phone call. Okay. We didn't prepare for this. I um, just like Nick Carter or Lance Bass. I forget which one, but there was some prank years ago with a microphone. Uh, but I was yeah. But you know what? Um, um, we we ha- we we were just talking about potty training, and so uh, maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> do you know my cat drinks out of the toilet? I have a new cat. Your cat does. Drinking out of the toilet. Yeah. Um, okay. Cats are weird. So wh- so where are you from? I grew up um, in Great Neck. I spent my weekends in the Bronx and my summers in Greece, Mykonos, and Athens. Wow. So you got to go to Mykonos a lot? Every summer, yeah. Uh, I've been there once in my 20s. It's incredible. 20s is a good time to um, go. <laughs> wow. So you can't possibly have any problems if you grew up that way. Any um, problems? So how wa- was that like? Um, was your family, is your family part Greek? My mother's or side. How, how was it that you went to Greece? My mother is Greek, and she's always been in love with the island. She actually still, like, she moved back to Greece, lives in Greece, and her job is to tour. Uh, so she takes tourists to pretty places and tells them about it. So her job is to travel. Like, she's oh, that's really living wonderful. her best life. Yeah. Wow. So you've had a lot of, that's great. So you've had a lot of travel, I'm guessing, right? Not as much as you'd think. Uh, mostly mm-hmm. just to Greece. Uh, in fact, one time my entire family, we were supposed to go, I forget where. I want to say it was like Greece, Turkey, and Egypt. I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But we got to Mykonos and we canceled the rest of the trip. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> like, I have traveled, well. <laughs> but mostly to Mykonos. Uh, when I was fake so, engaged for okay, a minute, I went so to Vienna. what did your parents do? My mother has always had, like, different jobs like temp gigs growing up she owned a business when I was a baby um and it was like a family business it was like a balloon mm-hmm. store and what party kind of store it balloons parties stickers like fun things it was oh. just like a fun thing business um mm-hmm. you, you know Tuke's mother did um she well she does face painting but she's involved with parties did you know that Tuke's mother another, another uh host that must it's a pattern in the host in Radio Free Brooklyn host mothers that's so funny but but anyway um, i know took does does painting like face painting i didn't realize she got well, it from her talk mom talk to her about her mother sometime I bet, you know they're in the same business that's what i'm saying <laughs> okay so what did your father do Hair, hairdresser like the, really yeah didn't bounce around just was a hairdresser and how did how did he work did he have did he work in a salon did he own a salon different things like um in in Years and years ago, like before I was even born, he had his own salon. Then he would work for other people's salons. Then he moved to Florida, and he bounced between having like working in a salon, working in like a like a I don't know, like a hair cuttery type thing, or having his own salon, mm-hmm. or even like just renting space in an existing salon. So wow, that's great! You had like an in-house hair. Did, did so? How what was that like growing up? Did you get your hair cut a lot? Were you did it did it like you know? Did you have an outside uh, did, did it, you know, was there a lot of focus on hair or yes. did it affect you? Yeah, definitely. Um, hair is like definitely in what way? 
in a few different ways. Like hair's always been like a thing, uh, not such a huge thing, but at different times it's been a gigantic thing. Like when I was 13, I would dye my hair a different color every single week uh, in some wow. sort of way of trying to find myself. You? No, actually, he, he didn't have anything to do with that. That was just like my mom was buying me this product that was safe enough to do that with. And she's like, mm-hmm. whatever, at least she's not doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Sure, dye your hair. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm every- getting a feeling that maybe your parents got divorced. Yeah, when I was like three, they separated. Three. Oh, so you, your parents, you didn't grow up with two parents. I did, did but not a mom and a dad. I grew up with like a mother and a grandmother. And then my grandmother had uh, like uh, a friend that felt like a grandfather, and my mom had a friend mm-hmm. who felt like an okay, uncle. Okay, let's before we digress. I just want to because that's interesting. There's so many. Uh, there's so many facets to this. So let's just. I want to hear the rest though about, about hair. Um, what what it was like having a hairdresser father. So, yeah, I've got, like, a picture of my first haircut, and um, I um, I always, like, he was very good. Uh, he, he once told me this joke about how he, he and my uncle had a fight, and uh, my uncle went to somebody else, and then, like, the because he had gone to someone else, like, all of a sudden his bald spot was showing because, you know, my dad didn't cut mm-hmm. his hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I've, I've had, like, a weird sort of, uh, monogamy with my hairdressers like I, I I have a lot of stress finding one that I like and if I do I don't want to go to someone else um, mm-hmm. like I had a hairdresser do you feel emotional attachment to your hairdressers like? not emotional but trust are like you I w- just really fussy do you know a lot about haircutting so you're fussy about it no I'm not really fussy like I don't care so I just that's why I want someone I can trust I want to just sit down and, and be like do it what does trust mean to you as far as your hairdresser goes like, that whatever they're going to do is going to compliment my face and look right on me. Uh, even if it's, like, something... Because I, I don't care if they cut it all off. Like, I find the sexiest haircut, the, like, Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball or the Justin Bieber. Like, that haircut is sexy mm-hmm. across the board on all people. My hairdresser refuses mm-hmm. to give me that haircut. And I like mm-hmm. a hairdresser that refuses to do what I want. Like, that's how I fell in love with one of my first hairdressers who wasn't my dad. Her name is Nana. She, I met her in <laughs> Nikona. Yeah. <laughs> She's like this beautiful German woman who was born blonde, dyed her hair black, has stunning blue eyes. She's just like super cool. Like everything about her was like perfectly my type of woman. And uh, I but told her what I good, like. Can you really tell? Like, do you know a lot about hair? Can you like tell if it's a good haircut or not? Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I've cut hair. Yeah, you, I mean, you have people. a pretty good eye for it, or you have a sensitivity, or aware of it. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I I oh, definitely. Good. You know what? I can't decide what to do. <laughs> my bangs i can't wait to talk to you about okay awesome (laughs) um yeah like i've always secretly wanted to cut people's hair and i've had people who let me in different times and i get so excited like i have my dad's scissors to to do that with uh did you ever really want to go into it or i've wanted to go into many things and makeup being one of them like hair not being something that i'd rule out um, mm-hmm. But I never, mm-hmm. he never wanted me to go into it. Like, I, even when I told him as a child that I wanted it, he was like, no, absolutely don't do that. Wow. And my so mother on the other side thought it was a good a idea. Stable, it's not a real stable life. My mom would argue that it is because all you need for your trade is scissors and, like, some tools, and you can bring that anywhere. Um, but my yeah. father argued that it, he just he just said no. But I think parents usually either really want you to take over the family thing or they're like, don't do what I did find anything else well, I'm miserable. I, I also think that like he, he I mean that's not very um like he didn't leave it up to you do you know what I mean like if you really he could have discouraged you but well I mean you know he, I mean he, he he could have let you do you know he could have maybe encouraged you to do what you wanted to do like if you were talented that way and that's what you wanted to do 
Um, that sounds a little controlling. Not uh, really, because, like, he wasn't that parent. serious. Like, I didn't see him enough for him to be that controlling. Right. Like, it was right, just, right. I don't yeah, think I'm he said sure it he seriously. Being protective, really. Right? Yeah. For him, yeah, it mm-hmm. definitely wasn't like a, I mean, he could have been controlling, but I didn't see him that often. My mom definitely mm-hmm. discouraged everything, and my grandmother definitely discouraged me from doing anything and everything oh, I ever okay. wanted to do. Okay. So, like, a, maybe he's not team. as bad as them, and that's why I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Because they were really, they, they really, everything. Double bind? Do you know what a double bind is? Uh, yeah. So that's Wait, go ahead classic them. Double bind. It's, yeah. it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Learned helplessness. Like the, I think it's a histrionic mother. I forget if it's histrionic. Uh, but, you know, the mother who says, like, mm-hmm. do this, and then you do it, but you've done it wrong, so now you're getting yelled at. Or you right, don't do right, it, right, and then right, you get yelled right, at for not right. doing it. So whether you do it or not, you're going to get so damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that leads to learned hem- helplessness, and it leads people to just not learned helplessness, not being able to do anything, like inertia. Right, right, right. Uh, big roadblock. Huge. So, um, okay, and um, so you grew up with your mother and your grandmother, and um, so where did, where did you go to college? I went to Nassau Community to prove to my mother that I even wanted to go to college because uh, mm-hmm. she didn't think I wanted to go. Um, mm-hmm. And then after I scored, like, I think a 4.0 or a 3.9 um, wow. there, I then went to another, like, CUNY or SUNY, it was CUNY, it was Queens College, um, because I think mm-hmm. my grandfather, before he passed away, said that he wanted me to go to college um, no matter what, but I think my mom mm-hmm. found, like, a loophole and went with, like, the least expensive way of fulfilling that wish, <laughs> which is not unreasonable. Well, like, call it, like debt is ridiculous. Like, I could still be in debt depending on where I could have Oh, gone. no, it's really, really good. And then you studied psychology, is that what I was hearing yeah for uh, the first school I went with media studies and photography and then when I transferred I went into psychology but Mm. I was taking I think I I don't know maybe I was also a psychology major I don't know but yeah I definitely was a psych major when I moved over to Queens College Mm -hmm. and do you have brothers or sisters none none I have fake ones but no real ones (laughs) like fake ones well, yeah. <laughs> but he's like my partner. Uh, so, um, when describe for me what you were saying before about growing up. I want to hear about that now. Like when you were growing up, who who were? You, it wasn't just you and your mother. It was you and your grandmother, right? Yeah, in the house. Um, like when I was young, it was my mother and her boyfriend, and my grandmother and her best friend that I thought was her boyfriend, but I didn't realize was gay because I come from a family of fag hags. Like, my mother's currently married to her gay best friend. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. And, um, like, it's not, they're just completely open about it that he's gay and they're married. Well, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't go into too much just because of right. certain so reasons for paperwork. Like but, whole, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they, everybody they, knows yeah. the deal. <laughs> like, Right. Other than whoever and they have your to. Your mom doesn't try to hide it or anything. <laughs> no, there's no reason. Like everybody knows them. Like my mother is well, my mother's first gay really husband. Really cool. I mean, she, really open-minded. For she's sure. very cool. Um, my parents like smoked pot in front of me because it was my dad's idea to not lie to the kid. Like, why? What's the point? Um, oh, really? Your dad yeah. smoked pot. Like they both did. So, what about your dad? So you so you were with your mother and your grandmother, and your grandmother. What kind of role? So you lived in a house. Just tell me, tell me who lived in the house. 
like lived lived it was m- i had a room my great grandmother had my bedroom with me uh until i was five and then my grandmother had her room that ralph her gay best friend stayed in and then my mom had her bedroom that like her friends would be in all the time um so you so grew up in a very social environment kind of yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's weird because and, uh, <laughs> go on. And three gener- four generations of women right Three in that, yeah, four originally, uh, but three ultimately, yeah. But one of them, one, yeah, four, when I was five. having a great-grandmother around it all is pretty amazing. It definitely was. Oh, she was a wonderful. I mm-hmm. wish I got to know her better and, and appreciate her throughout mm-hmm. my entire How life. How old were you when she passed? Unfortunately, like a dumb five. Yeah, well, enough that you appreciate, you know. Um, that I got to know her. She's living in your memory, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So what, what was that like? What was that household like? Did it feel it? It sounds very unconventional. Um, did you know it was unconventional? Did it feel unconventional? Did it feel safe? Did it? How did it feel? I can't imagine what a household growing up in a household like that would be like. I'm not sure. I don't think I ever like noticed or cared. Like I well, mean, would you okay. Say so that you felt like secure at home, and you got enough attention, or did you have one primary caregiver? Were you confused? What What did you feel like? As, well, what was your What did it feel like as a kid? Here's a little side story. Um, my friend had an abusive father, and one day I told my mom that she was lucky because she had a dad, and my mom was like, "Oh, you need therapy." So um, I was like, I guess seven or ten, nine, young, and mm-hmm. she put me in therapy. And my therapist fell asleep, so I accidentally wound up faking schizophrenia to get out of my house. What? Yeah. What do you mean? I reenacted a scene from a movie. I didn't realize that hearing voices was, like, a big deal. I had my my therapist's attention. Um, so, no, I guess I didn't get enough attention, but, that <laughs> but maybe I needed you too much. You schizophrenia to your... Therapist? Oh no, I didn't know the word schizophrenia. I was just reenacting no, no, a scene from I mean, a movie. We're, 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 you didn't, you didn't know exactly what you were doing, but you had amazing instincts. So you, you pretended. Let's just say, in your child way, you faked schizophrenia. Um, to the therapist or to your mom or well, it started with my therapist, and then she said okay. if I was telling the truth, I would be um i would be put in the hospital and i was like well what about school and she's like well you'd be taken out of school to be put in the hospital i'm like oh well what about my house well you'd be taken out of your house you'd be sleeping and staying in this hospital i'm like yeah yeah, yeah, it's real do you want me to draw them Um, are you talking to me no no that's to her i was like yeah yeah, it's real Uh, you want want me to draw pictures i'll draw you pictures of what they look like so now not only am i hearing voices i'm seeing things um, and I didn't know the quota to, like, get uh-huh. in. So uh, right. in the movie, there were two voices. Their names were suicide and murder. Um, <laughs> so I was like, God, if, if this is true, then what else? Oh, I know. Uh, mayhem and I think, like, mischief or something. Uh, I forget. Yeah, right. Rage. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I, I tried to stay within theme. Uh, and I drew, I drew four, four characters. Um, and then I had to convince experts that I was telling the truth, that I was legit schizophrenic uh that these voices were real um and i convinced enough people that they put me in a hospital but they didn't let me stay because i didn't realize it's not like harvard you don't like get to coast once you get in you had to to keep it up (laughs) you mean you didn't 
Sofia. No, no, I excelled. Like, I did really well. Like, I loved it there. <laughs> it was great. Like, I was put in the advanced class, and, like, I got to, like, you know, take this skeleton apart and then, like, learn all the bones. Like, I learned more interesting stuff there than in, like, school. I was also really bored wow. always with school. Right. How long were you in the hospital? Not long. I think you're supposed to be there, like, three months, and I was not even there. Like, maybe I was there. I don't know, because kid time and real time is different. Yeah, but, I mean, you were there more than a week. I definitely think I was there more than a week. Like, That's I definitely remember there being more than one weekend. And, and did you have any sense of that you were pretending or what was really going on? No, I absolutely How knew that you? I did not hear voices. Like, I didn't even, I didn't believe this lie. I actually now don't lie. Like, as a human being, because I was so good at it, I refuse now mm -hmm. to lie. I'm like, well, it's kind of dangerous. You shouldn't do that. Because, like, I didn't understand money, but I know that putting me in that hospital cost my family a lot of it uh, to do that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And very upset. I mean, how did your mother react? Well, she's used it as, like, a card against me, like a playing card. Like, well, you're crazy. You're the one that was actually put away. And it's like, well, I was put away to get away from you. So I was so, under the age of 10, and I faked a mental illness to get away from you. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I wanted to, I want to ask you about that because when we were talking earlier about, like, what it was like in the household, um, you know, we couldn't really figure it out. But now it's interesting. So you must have had a pretty charged relationship with your mother, I'm guessing. Well, it's a Greek household, which according to my Greek mother and grandmother means that we don't talk, we just scream everything. Oh, so it's, so you mean all that screaming, just that, like, ang let's say anger or, or aggressive expression felt, normal is that what you're saying i think so and i just i it didn't feel normal to me i was like this is not normal and i don't like it please stop like don't do this um but they just kept doing it mm -hmm. um so there was so, that so it was a lot of so it was just like a, a lot going on in your home and you wanted you wanted a vacation is really what it was i think absolutely and it was it was a great <laughs> vacation i like ran that shit i had two boyfriends like it was wonderful in the hospital yeah, but like we're kids, so what does that mean? Boyfriend. What? So, so, you, so you, you are really. I mean, you have really great instincts, right? This is what we're saying. I, if I had I great, great instincts, instincts, I'd be successful. So let's get to that. What? So what do you do for for a living? You're really an actress and a comedian, right? Is that? That's the idea. I mean, I'd like to be. And you're you're a SAG actress, right? You're you're in the union and everything. I mean, you have, you're, uh, you know, a professional, right? I mean, on paper, yes. In theory, I guess. Um, I don't feel like sure. one. Uh, but, yeah, I am in the union as of 2005. I've been a SAG member, and then I joined right. AFTRA, and then apparently yeah, I never needed to no, because no now small, they're the same. No small thing. What kind of things have you been in mostly? Uh, the background of many things, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but nothing nothing really. Like, I've been in independent, super low-budget, like maybe my friends sure. put it together stuff, but... Um, you can see me in things that are like big Hollywood movies or right. even TV shows, but I'm not in them. I'm just, you know, in the background of them. Uh, but I did so get upgraded in Revolutionary Road, uh, mm -hmm. which is quite funny. The reason I got upgraded had something to do with my instincts and not listening to my stupid boyfriend at the time. 
Um, <laughs> in a nutshell, we're in the dressing room and one girl is complaining because it's the 40s or whatever and everybody's wearing skirts. Yeah. She's like, I'm wearing pants. And I'm like, don't worry, you could be my girlfriend, which is just my humor. But at the time, my boyfriend's like, could you cut it with that shit? And I'm like, no, I can't. It's who I am. <laughs> Uh, so because of this joke, later on on set, we didn't talk. Like, it wasn't like I was hitting on her, creeping her out. I know it was a dressing room, but it wasn't, like, call HR. Um, and uh, so we're on set. The director, the assistant director puts us together, and I'm like, it's called Revolutionary Road, and there's uh, a black guy here. I'm going with, they're going for something different here. And I'm like, do you want me to play? Because it's the 30s. Like, you know, right. it obviously stood out to me that there's something going on, and it's revolutionary. So I was like, do you want us to play lesbians? And they're like, I like what you're doing. I like where you're going. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, cool. And this is just me being me. Uh, And that got us an upgrade to dancer. Um, Oh, that's great. That's so funny. That's hilarious. It was. And And that's a a good jump in money, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if, and here's the problem with genies and, and like whatever you pray to, be specific because they are fickle bitches. I prayed (laughs) that she would get an Oscar that year, and she did for the reader. For the reader. So I didn't get my 10 grand check. I get my $10 check. <laughs> like, it is not impressive. I, I my, my residual checks are jokes. But at least I get them. Yeah. Like, my no, first I one mean, was you know, for, like, a couple so, hundred. Um, what kind of stuff would you, like, do you, do you do any acting on your own? Or are you, do you put on, I mean, are you involved in any plays? Or, I mean, in the radio shows, certainly performance. Is there other, cre- you know, things that you're doing as well? Or? I feel like right now the only thing I'm doing is the radio show, and I love it, and it, well, thank yeah, God for it. Yeah, but it's I a have... lot. I mean, that's, a, that's <laughs> no small thing. It's a weekly show. It is, and I love it. I love that it's weekly. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing enough shows. Like, I want to get out there with a live audience. Like, I like that feedback. I finally went to, like, right. an open mic last right. night. Right, right. Just to get a taste of, like, being on a stage in front of a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. Do you do, um, do, do you need, like, do you... Is everything you do scripted? Like, would you you need to have a script, or no. would you have to write a script? Or no, I'm actually the opposite of a script person. I'm I'm mostly an improviser. I've been doing improv since I want to say well before 2007, but at least since 2007 um, in New York, like officially. Um, Ah, well, it seems like you would be able to arrange that. We can we hopefully. What's let me let me look at the time. What time is it? Right now, is it, it is two thirty. We need to do a station ID, don't we? Probably. I mean, we have to do them all the time, don't we? Or like three? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's a half an hour. I'd like to, let's, let's do it. Do you want to do it? <laughs> you were listening. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through. So, yeah. Um, this is, do you love the station that we work for, work with? Really? I do, and it's so exciting because I was I was doing Radical Vaudeville um, when it was born, like when it was just like this thing that, that Rob was like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing. Um, and I know. Yeah. It's really, really great. And you know what's amazing? Um, that they ha- they make it so easy and so worthwhile. You can donate money, right? Yeah. Uh, you can donate and, money. And what's the name of the page again? I want to say donate the money? Patreon. Patreon. I, I <laughs> so you go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and then it's Patreon slash Patreon or something. I think you just click Donate Money, and I think you can also click on specifically this show, or if the donation comes through during this show, it goes automatically to this show. Um, you know, oh, really? or you can click on Art know, Star Scene Radio and cool. give them money. <laughs> yeah, and like we're. 
so cool. Even like because the thing the thing is also when we get donations, it's nice just to get the encouragement. So like it could just be like a dollar, a dollar or a dollar a month, and then we'd be like so happy, right? Like you and I would be like just personally happy. Personally, yeah. About that. I mean, that would be like right? a nice like petting petting me, stroking my uh, an ego stroke because it would just be yeah, a nice way of saying like, hey, I like what you're doing. doing this, and it's great to get the encouragement, and also like now. Radio Free Brooklyn is really getting into, like, the whole free speech thing, and we're going to be doing some more political stuff, and I think it's a really important time to support radio. Are we doing... I think we're going nonprofit, so I think individuals are going to go no, political. No, but there's a new show that um, host Ori Givens is going to be doing that's um, going to be weekly with all the hosts, and anybody can sign up for it, I think. I and think, yeah, that is be, exciting. Um, We'll have more information about that soon, but yeah, we we are we are developing a new show based on what's going out in the world. And the interesting part about that so show it's is important time to support free speech. So uh, speaking of oh, so so we yeah, so you're in a great position to 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 do more show, live shows because you're able to just improvise and you don't need to, like a whole like actor set up with a script and all that stuff so you're in a great position for that so um what do you do for you must have a day job then we all have day jobs what's your day job right now my day job is looking for a day job um i had a day job as a personal assistant that did not work out then i picked up some shifts as a waitress um but that was like all the way in the bronx so now i'm looking for something that's not because i can't do that to my dog um so i'm looking for something right now your dog is upset if yeah. She yeah. All day. She can't be. Like, she needs to go out. Like, she will not go in the house. I need to let her out. I have an alarm that goes off at strategic times mm -hmm. to remind me have that it's Have you thought time. about getting a dog walker? Yeah. Which might, I mean, which costs money, but it might be worth it. Have you thought about that? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it. I have, like, a, a key box for my friend to come in. I don't really like people in my home is part of the issue. Like, if there was a way for me to just make a dog door... <laughs> I would do right. that. Right. So that's interesting. Why Why don't you like to have people in your home? Oh, I don't like people or trust them. Oh. Yeah. Really? That's so, so, so unusual. No, yeah, I mean, in New so York. Un, no, I mean, <laughs> so, 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 so why, why, why is that? particularly do you think um i've met some amazing human beings and i've met some really shitty ones and unfortunately the shitty ones um make me put more and more of a guard up like i used to be the person who would just like leave my stuff and be like no one's gonna rob me like we're all cool like why would anybody be an asshole i'm not an asshole um and then enough assholes did fucked up things to me and i'm like oh i guess there are assholes in this world like my own friends have stolen from me um so did, but, but is that because of the way you were brought up in sort of a I'm going to say, and I don't mean in any way judgmental, but an unconventional household. Do you think it's because you were brought up in an unconventional household? Um, is that where the trust issue comes in, or did you have a particular incident? No, I've had multiple particular incidents. Um, when I lived in, in this one apartment in Williamsburg, which is not necessarily a bad area, I was, my things were taken on six occasions. Uh, broken really? into my in car, not in my apartment. No, my 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 actual home had not been burgled. My home that I lived mm -hmm. in was burgled before I was ever born, um, but my yeah. apartment wasn't burgled. My car was broken into, three windows broken, which cost more than what they stole. Uh, my bike was taken not once but twice because I got it back, 
my uh, friend's car was broken into and my things were stolen out of her trunk as well. Um, my own friends went into my purse and stole my phone and cigarettes. I was smoking at the time. Um, Your own friends. My own friends, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, of course, we know that um, how did you choose those friends? They were part of the same improv community. Yeah, they were the part. Of, they were part of a, an improv community. And improv is about trust. You're supposed to have each other's back, and you're supposed to trust. And, did and you it's know a community. Them, like, pretty well, or? At this point, I mean, I, I know them as well as you know anybody in the improv community. Um, and so I'd known them really for years. Like no, I'd known them for years. But I knew that they weren't necessarily good years? people. But like, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that they would be mean to me, that they'd be bad to me. Did you know that they would steal things from other people? Not yet. I don't think I knew that yet. I knew that they were like, that one was like, I knew that they were like kind of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But also any any problems that you have with them, you're a racist for having. Oh. Is another thing that happened. Because the moment they stole or my they? phone, I knew it was them. And my friend called me a racist for accusing them. I'm like, I'm telling you, I read their body language as they were leaving. It's them. No, you're just a racist. Oh, wow. Like, I read them. I read their guilt, and I read it as they were leaving, and that's how I knew it. it had nothing to do with anything, and my sexist friend accused me of being a racist. I was mm. right. I got the phone back from them. Confirmed. And, and so you got it back. Did, did they ever admit it? or? Yeah, they had to admit it. I mean, they didn't admit oh. that they stole it, but I lied to them and said that there was security footage, so you might as well just give me my phone back now before it gets ugly. Uh. There was no security yeah, footage. Hmm, I'm not really, huh? I mean, there was security yeah, footage, but I didn't. Yeah, that a little, yeah, that you, do you let, so you're uncomfortable. Do you think that you're uncomfortable about having people in your home partly because you're afraid they're going to steal from you or also because you don't want them to see your home? Both. I definitely don't want people to see the way I live. Like, I've told people that are interested in me, like, you cannot come in. And they're like, why? I'm like, because if you see the way I live, you will never love me. So you're, 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 I mean, you, you don't, you don't feel good about the way you live. No, not at all. I have way too much stuff and it's all a mess. Ah, so, so, so are you, I mean, so the word hoarder is the next word that comes to mind. Yeah, it's been used. And so are you a hoarder? (laughs) It's been used. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, I want to get rid of the things. I just need somebody to help me get rid of them. And it comes from, like, a family of. Like, my grandmother has everything she's ever had, and then my mother has everything she's ever had, and I've been told to keep everything you ever have. So it's, like, a behavior passed down. Right. right. But I do know so that have I... have you ever been in therapy? I've been in therapy, yeah. I mean, not just the kind of therapy where I lied to my therapist so that I could get into a hospital, but also, like, No, therapy. no, I mean, that's not... I wasn't even considering that therapy. That was just <laughs> it a, was but really that was actually a really um, bad therapist childhood coping skill, if you ask me. So um, <laughs> thanks. That's not therapy. That's got nothing to do with therapy. So, um, but have you been in therapy? Have you discussed any of this with a therapist? Or yeah, but I don't think anybody like is qualified to do their job like yeah I've, I've discussed this with therapists um but you don't have a lot of trust in therapists 
No, especially no. Not, I'm not great at it either, frankly. Why do you think I'm making fun of them all? Why do you think <laughs> I made a lifestyle out of making fun of them? Because they are full of shit. It's complete <laughs> bullshit. The reason they go into it is because their mommy and daddy tell them that they should do something that will make them money, and then they do it. You know, um, I don't think they I, care I, about people sometimes. Some do. I've had. Some, I have a really good therapist right now. I mean, I agree with you in the sense that, like, it is. A, it is kind of a crapshoot, and a lot of therapists don't have the skill. I mean, you know, you can get a license. Having a therapy license doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's very hard to find a good therapist, and it is a little bit of luck, and it's a little random. I understand that, but therapy isn't going to help you because you, or it's not something that you want to engage in, really. No, I would love to find a therapist, but, like, finding a therapist is one of those things that triggers me to have a bad day because it's, like, health insurance, who takes it, who's accepting new patients, like... All right, first you got to go to the website. Like, I've tried to find a therapist, um, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. an impossible, simple but impossible tell people task. I people that um, want to go into therapy that, I mean, I don't know if this helps or not, but for anybody that's listening, if you want to go into therapy and you have no money or very little money, um, CMPS on West 10th Street, that's CMPS. Um, they have a really good department with a sliding scale where they train therapists who have a lot of, already a lot of, you know, training and education so I mean that's always a good you know and that you can do it for for pretty little money but that's always a good thing to know about anyway um so let's talk about let's do let's talk about your you have a boyfriend right Mm -mm, no I quit dating oh you mentioned a boyfriend but that's a long time ago I don't know Probably. If I mentioned a boyfriend. Or a while ago. Oh, there was a boyfriend you mentioned, no? What story? Your boyfriend didn't like you acting like you were a lesbian. Oh, yeah. No, that asshole and I are no longer together. He was an abusive lunatic Uh, at 6'7". He he was 6'7". So you're single. I'm surprised to hear that because I think that, you know, you're a very, you seem like, you know, guys would be very, very interested in you. And I bet they are, right? Uh, They like my boobs, but they do not like my brain because my brain sees through their lies. Do you, do you, do you, um, do people ask you out? Do you avoid, do you avoid getting involved? Or? Yeah. What, what am I going to go on a date and then you're going to try to fuck me? Like, you're going to like this more than I am. Stop. So you never meet anyone, like, say, and get to know them and then, I mean, um, and then think, like, this would be a nice person to spend time with and I'm also attracted to them? Or is that a possibility for you? How do you feel about that as a concept? Yeah, as a concept, it's great. And then they usually turn out to be, like, liars and sociopaths or sex addicts or some other bullshit that you can't even fucking predict at the beginning. I mean, I usually do. I see through it. I've broken up with people before we even dated. Like, this guy was like, do you want to date me? And I'm like, here's a list of reasons why I think that's a bad idea. He's like, really? Because you just met me. And that's why my ex-girlfriend broke up with me after years. Facebook, I would say about your attitude um, or about this issue about not wanting to date men or or date anybody. I mean, I'm assuming you're you're heterosexual or whatever. No, I, mean, I'm I don't not. like to assume anything. But um, what, what 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 would he say? Like, you don't give people chance. What do you think he would say? Uh, he agrees with me that men are terrible, but I think he thinks that I should try. And and like any time I'm interested in somebody, he encourages me to like. Go for it. Um, but then it ends horribly because it's never a good idea. Well, I mean, it's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of like um, I, I, as somebody who um, wants, 
is like thinking of what would be the best thing for you. I I feel like um, you know you seem really shut shut down about it. About the dating thing. Yeah, you seem like really shut down about it. Yeah, because most guys. And I, and I guarantee you, there are some really horrible people, and you know we. I mean, I'm not. I'm, it's not like I. You know, I'm sure you've had some really awful experiences, but. You now it now it just feels like you're really closed off to it. Well, because it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I think relationships are a terrible idea. Like I think what fifty percent end in divorce, and I'm not I'm shocked that fifty percent don't end in divorce. And I don't even know if that's still a true statistic. Well, how about how about as an artist? Let's look at it from this point of view, okay? Because you're obviously a creative person, an artist, on you know. However, you however it manifests itself. Um, in order to get new new input and to grow, aren't rela- relationships? I think are important. No, or absolutely a good, good resource, right? A hundred percent. I miss having like somebody that I could wake up next to and then create with. Um, like I would or, love or that. Or just just where you get input from them, or they make you do things that you wouldn't normally do, or you you know you they spark feelings in you or you know like you're like I mean you know what I, what I would love to see is for you to find somebody maybe that was a really decent person and really trustworthy and then that would help you trust people more and you know be more open and right. be more be able to get more out of the other humans yeah but that person doesn't exist is the problem well I mean, I'm not going to get into this. I mean, this is this is the 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 the. There is no point in us, like uh, <laughs> you know. Yes, we. I mean, that's ridiculous. You do you really do you really mean that? I mean, you do you really mean do you really mean that? What that because that person doesn't exist? Because it's a funny exist? thing to hear. I'll say that, but do you really mean it? Yeah, that that person doesn't exist. That there isn't. Well, no one's a hundred percent trustworthy, but. You know what I consider trustworthy? I consider trustworthy people who, um, somebody who is well-intentioned and will disappoint you sometimes, because we are all disappointing, and that um, is, um, you know, but that you kind of know, like, where their shortcomings are, and you know that, like, they're a little, you know, that's not like that you can tell that it's not, they're disappointing, but it's not, it's not like they're trying to hurt you. Yeah, that's all fine. I just hate lying sociopaths. So what kind of people, who have you been hanging out with? Shitty people. <laughs> really shitty people. And now why is that? You know it. You know it. I don't. That's why I quit because I can't fix it. I don't know. I don't know what about me is a magnet mm-hmm. to these people or attracted to these people, but I realize that it's not going to stop until I just quit. Like, mm. even if you think they're not a piece of shit, they turn out to be a piece of shit. Like, even just recently, there was this guy that I was talking to, um, and his last text message to me was how cuddly I am, and he was asking me things like, "Do I excite you?" and like, "Oh, I wish we could spend this." you know snow day together the very next day he blocked me on social media and um and like my phone number now we didn't have a fight i didn't do anything to upset him but this was his plan the whole time like that's just what he does to women 
And well, how, how did you know that? Uh, because I realized that he did have like a Twitter. After this happened, I was like, wait, because he was like, oh, I'm not on social media. I'm only on like Instagram. All right, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not calling you a liar so far. And like, he he endeared himself to me. Like at first, he was like. I was like, oh, just get me to go to the gym. And, and like, he was like, no, I wouldn't do that unless we were dating. And then a little while later, he's like, hey, go to the gym today. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he had, like, me going to the gym and, like, doing things to better my life. So that, like, made me trust him more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he turned out see? to just be a – no, he was a scumbag. But There's not no, – no good C. He's a scumbag. Like, he but, blocked no, no, me. But, but, I mean, uh, but he – he actually did get you to do something positive for yourself, even though he turned out to be an ass. Like, I, I mean, I'm yeah, but not it didn't last. Anybody who doesn't treat you properly, so I'm not going to do that. But you know, I'm just saying that other people help us open us up to new, new experiences. So, do you have a, um, your female friends? Do you, or or like you have a great relationship with Facebook, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. So you have this one person that you trust for sure, Faceboy, right? I didn't say I trust him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't trust Faceboy? No, I do. I'm just kidding. Even though oh. I'm pretty sure, Faceboy, are you listening? I know you lied about that phone that day. <laughs> Faceboy, you're a scumbag. Oh, yeah. no. He's not. Be nice. <laughs> no. I, I just said that because I know, I know that's how, I mean, that's the art star scene radio way, isn't it? What? <laughs> To like, you know, say offhand comments that are really rude. Yeah, we like to be. We're definitely. <laughs> no, we I'm love to call each other rude. out. <laughs> um. So besides Facebook, do you have any? Do you have any women friends that you trust? Hmm. I don't have as many female friends. Uh. I do don't. Have any I mean, male, do you have other friends besides Facebook that you trust? I mean, I do. I mean, like, I, I, I don't want. I don't think my friend Hannah's listening. She can be like, "Why don't you mention me?" Uh, but like, yeah, no, I do have some female friends, but not really. We don't need to. We don't. I, I know. Yeah, we don't. Have, we're not going to name any names. Yeah. The only, because really, the only person I know that you know is Facebook yeah. and other people at the radio station. But I know you're friends with Facebook. That's my only frame of reference. <laughs> so, are there other people that you spend time with that you truly trust? Or trust enough to like. I mean, no one's truly trustworthy, but you know, trust that know you, you believe in them that they're decent people. Are there other people in your life like that? Um, I don't know. I, I believe some people like won't steal from me. Uh, like I know, like my bandmate, for example, I feel comfortable allowing him into my home, and I don't believe mm-hmm. that he would ever even mm-hmm. think to steal from me. Uh, do I mm-hmm. think he would lie to me? Yes, but I, our relationship is set up in a way where it doesn't really matter if he's lying to me. Huh. Because I don't depend on him for... for so li- lying is a big, seems like a big a big thing for you. Huge. When you say you don't trust people, it's, it seems like what you're, the lying is a big part it's, of that. It's my honestly my only business. rule. Like, I don't care what you do in a relationship, just never lie to me. Did somebody... Why is lying so important? Did somebody is this is that is that from going into is that from the time you spent in the hospital because you got yourself in the hospital through lying? Is that is it is that or was lying part of your growing up in any other way or what was it? Do you think it's a bunch of things? My relationship to honesty uh, was shaped as a child. My mother taught me to never lie. And, and she said, like, just never lie. Like, it, it, I, I understood that I grew up in a home where nobody was ever lying about anything. 
Uh, that wasn't true. I was being lied to. But it doesn't matter because I was still an honest person. There are things that I've lied to about in my life. Like I can tell you the lies and I remember them because I don't really lie. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so a lot of it comes from like just me not being a liar as a child. Um, mm-hmm. Except for when I was and it was like, oh, that's terrible. Like, don't do that. And and I realized like it's just not worth it to lie. Like I'm comfortable enough mm-hmm. with who I am that like if you mm-hmm. reject me for who I am, OK, that's fine. But if you reject me for some like lie, well, that's stupid on my part. So I'd rather just, mm-hmm. like, be real and be myself. Um, why mm-hmm. can't I trust other people to lie to me? Like, my only relationship, because I know everybody. Like, I grew up in Greece, in Mykonos, Greece. Every single married person I know is fucking someone else. Like, that's what I know of people. I know that everybody fucks mm. everything all the time and that, like, men are just the biggest balls of fucking semen. Like, I get it. Um, so when somebody tells me that they're not attracted to somebody that I also find attractive... I'm like, mm, you're a fucking liar. Why can't you just admit that you're attracted? What mm. else are you hiding? So you saw a lot of uh, screwing around when you were in Mykonos. Oh, my God, yes. I saw, like, literally a blowjob contest that was just impromptu in the middle of the streets because some girls from, like, Scores or Hustler Club were, like, in town. I saw a lot of sex. I saw a lot of, like, infidelity. And it wasn't infidelity. It just was. It just is the way it is. The, but but that's a culture. But that's. A cultural thing too, right? Yeah, that they're honest about it. It is a cultural thing that they are honest about it, rather than here where they are fucking liars about it. Well, I think fidelity is a discipline. I don't think it's natural. I mean, you make choices, but like if if I said to my husband, you know, do you ever want to sleep with somebody else, and he said no. I would say you're lying. Right. Now, would he ever sleep with somebody else? I, I really don't think so. I mean, I, there's never any guarantee, but I don't ever feel like he would, or for real. I mean, that's a lie, too. Of course, of course I feel occasionally like he would. But there's a really big difference between actions and lies. So we only have a few minutes. We have like eight minutes left or something. I want to get Six-ish. to talk about your dad, your relationship with your dad. What about it? Um, is that, no, is that, well, I was also asking the time. Oh, six-ish, <laughs> six-ish. I said six. six What's the time? Like, because I have this clock. 2.54. 2.55 on the dot now. 55 on the Five dot. Five minutes. Okay, so, because I'm, I'm looking at this really big uh, clock in Times Square, and it's actually, because I have this incredible, like, the, this office that I'm in, all you people listening should come to the um, Spring Break Art Fair. Because my office is in an office that whoever had this office for real uh, and worked in it for real must have been making half a million dollars a year. Like, it's a privilege just to be able to actually be in this room. <laughs> so, but it's a very short time. It'll all be over on Monday evening. Um, but anyway, so tell me a little bit, like, what was your relationship with your dad like? Did you see him a lot? Uh, or where did he live and what you lived? Well, we kind of got a feeling. Where did did he live in the same state? Did he live nearby? What was that like? I don't remember how old I was when he moved to Florida, but up until then, he lived in New York, and I think he lived in like Mount Vernon or whatever was close to the Bronx um, at the mm-hmm. time. So I saw him on the weekends when I visited my grandmother and my grandfather and like my entire father's side of the family. Um, and he was mm-hmm. always fun. Like, he always got to do the fun stuff, which apparently mm-hmm. made my mother mad and jealous because he got to be the fun guy sure. while she had to be, like, the boring one. She he had to be the disciplinary. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, but, like, 
I love arcades, classic arcades, because he would take me to this uh, Nathan's that had like uh, an arcade in it. And to the, like, mm-hmm. my goal is to one day own, uh, to have in my home an arcade just because of that part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. He also took me to like mm-hmm. fun things like parks so and he, carnivals. He, you had you have some really fun, you know. I mean, and you you're still in touch with him, right? Uh, well, in a weird way, he still contacts me, but no, because he has passed. Oh, he he passed away. Yeah, in 2012. Ah, uh, that's not so long ago. No. So were you close to him throughout your life then? No, we had like a weird relationship because I was mad at him for like leaving me. Mm-hmm. And I never really got over it. But when we hung out, things were cool. And he actually had plans to see me, like, the month he passed or, the like, a month after he passed. Like, we were we were going to see each other that August or September. I forget when exactly. So would years go by where you didn't see him? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, long, long periods. Was that upsetting? Yeah, like, I mean, it, you, it made me mad at like, him. Did you feel like, oh, he didn't, he didn't, I mean, that certainly seems like ripe for trust issues with men. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you need a therapist to tell you that. No, he Even did not help. My Also, my mother and my grandmother hate men in our fag hag. Uh, so, yeah, no, I am not dead. I, I thought that I was going to break the curse, but I am destined to wind up with uh, my gay best friend. Well, I think you have enormous... I think you're holding yourself back. I'm just going to say because we're going to have to go soon. And, and if you ever want to, like, um, you know... I mean, I think you should think about... You know, you're holding yourself back. I'm not. No, show me somebody who's well, not a piece really of shit. That way, then, like, I honestly, you know, I, I've not met somebody who's I not a piece of sure. shit and is interested in me. What? I have not met somebody who is not a piece of shit and interested in me. They just do, that. those two things, that doesn't add up, that doesn't meet on the Venn diagram. I mean, even with men, I mean, just, it seems like you've been trained to not trust people and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, you know, just think that, you know, the training... The training has been very powerful. But um, what time? We have like two minutes left because we're going to have to wrap this up. Closer to like one. It's like 2.58 and 59 seconds. Oh, okay. Because uh, I want to tell people I'm going to be on TV tomorrow. I'm going to be on the Rosanna Scotto show at in the 9 o'clock hour. And I'm going to be um, on to tell the truth, and I'm playing, um, I'm going to be one of the artists that isn't the real artist, and Cindy, oh my God, why am I blanking on this? Cindy, the, Cindy Adams is going to be guessing who the real, who the real artist that makes art out of dead people's ashes is. It's oh not God. me, but they will be there. So now I want to tell knows. people that, I want to tell people to listen to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. It's every Thursday, live, 2 to 3. You can also go to iTunes or Audio Boom and listen to the archives. And I want you guys to, Catherine, you've got to hear Catherine's show. What time is your show, Catherine? Saturday, 7 p.m., right here on Radio Free Brooklyn.